So today I have on the Might Bomb Beekeeping Podcast, I have Craig McCorkle with me from not too far south from me down in Philly at Liberty Bell Beekeepers. Is that right, Craig? You got it. So it's good to have you on here. Somebody I actually know, been to my place a couple times. Um, what's going on with you today? We had some pretty nice weather. Yeah, and uh, once again, thanks for inviting me out to your place. It was uh, it was really great to see it uh, up close and personal after, you know, conversing back and forth on, you know, Messenger is one thing, but when you actually meet someone in person and, and get out and see, uh, it makes a way bigger impact for sure. Uh, today yeah, was good. Had, oh, sorry, go actually, ahead. Yeah, we actually met on over Messenger, right? Because... Uh, when you first got into thinking about getting bees, you had no intention of of being a treatment-free beekeeper. I don't know if you were aware of it, really, were you? No, honestly, I, I really had no idea um, about treatment-free beekeeping. Um, anytime you, you you know, anytime you type in basic basic beekeeping or or beginning with bees or any of those kind of things. It's not very long before you come across treatment videos. Uh, it's usually within the first couple. And it just became kind of a normal thing to see and a normal thing to prep for. You know, you, when you get a dog, you get a leash and a bowl and toys. And when you get bees, you get the boxes and you get foundation and frames and you get treatment. It's like it, be, it, it was just um, it was just uh, just blatantly out there. And that was all that you saw. Um, now getting a little bit further, probably, you know, I got a credit, I got a credit talking to you first again, because of the amount of uh, research that I did after speaking to you. I don't think anybody getting into bees really does enough. Most, I can't say anybody, most people really don't do enough to, to really understand before they jump in with the bees. And I think what was evident is I saw some pictures posted from the Western conference and it had all the registered apiaries in Pennsylvania. And it looks like chicken pox, you know, actually looked more like poison Ivy <laughs> on your arm yeah. than it did chicken pox. I mean, there's so many. And, and after being on the P the B pages and, and different groups, you see the level of, uh, or the lack thereof, the research and some of the questions that are asked. Now I can understand, you know, a new beekeeper or someone thinking about it, asking a question like that, but this is someone who has bees. They installed the package or, or, or bought the nuke and they're, they just did their first inspection and they're, you know, wondering what the, the liquid stuff is in, in the cells. It's like, Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, just not that, that I've ever seen that question, but they're just the, the level of, of, uh, uh, lack of knowledge it, it, yeah. it really amazed me so after speaking with you it was actually uh, the question I asked was I was thinking that treating my bees as soon as I get the package because there's oh, yeah. no, there's nothing in the hive it's brand new it's just a cluster of bees is that a good idea and you were <clears> one of the first couple people that said you know why do you you don't have to or 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 I forget exactly how you answered it, but it basically. I remember it. I remember it. I mean, knowing me, it may have been 
may have come off, you know, a certain way, but I, I probably just said something like, you don't have to get on that treadmill or something like that. I believe and, that could have been, yep. And most people will right away just get offended or, or just shut me down or whatever. But you kind of, you kind of went into messages with me and we started talking and yep. we got along pretty good. And, and I don't normally, you know, offer so much information to everybody just because there, there's a lot of people that are, that are constantly asking for things, but, but me and you were getting along. So I was just like, well, first do me a favor. Don't buy bees. <laughs> Remember that? That's what I always say. Yep. But I think you may have already ordered bees. So I had bees. I had a package ordered. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we what? just talked about swarm trapping and, and as it's, you know, as I can understand, you were skeptical about how many free bees you could actually get. And you ended up just blowing the whole season out, just getting a whole bunch of freebies. Yeah, um, it was it was really ni- it was really nice uh, getting into that swarm trapping, uh, and even before that, though, going back to to the treatment free, uh, how I even came about that it, it is you led me to that research. Is just amazed at how much was there, and really, it 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 makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, you can't coddle something along and and pretend like it's going to be okay forever like it'll get you by but it's not gonna it's not it's not a forever solution uh and and in those forever solutions there's certainly going to be pain uh and and you know if so-called losses of bees you know we can use that term just because everybody uses it but uh there's always that you know that other side that i found that showed it's possible not to do it. I mean, a Ron Hoskins video, uh, it's at the Swindon bees in, in the UK or maybe Wales. I forget where exactly it was, but they found, you know, his, he never treated his bees and his bees been going for 30 years. You know, he's in his eighties now. Um, and he's still begging for money for research, you know, research money, but, um, they found, they tested his bees and they found the viral load, you know, one virus was over an abundant, over and above all the others and it kept them all in check and his bees lived just fine with mites and it's like well well that makes sense uh that's kind of how it works with parasite host relationships and you know that to me was that was enough that was enough evidence it's like wow well that can happen i know it takes a while and it's going to take some work and you got to pay attention but then that leads you down down the, the other rabbit hole of okay now what what do I got to do to be more like that? How do I got to, what do I have to learn to, to get more into that frame of mind? So I, once again, thanks so much for pointing me in that direction. And now I, I'm i I'm an avid proponent um, because there is quite a lot of research and, and being to your B yard was perfect evidence. Yeah. I mean, it, it's always a pleasure and, you know, I'm, I'm very happy about someone who, who takes it and runs with it and, and does well, you know, and is a good example and, and isn't buying bees and, and not feeling the pain when, when selection happens, it's just part of it. And, and just from looking at your updates, it looks like you're doing pretty darn good, way better than I did in my first couple of years. Um, just with what you're ending up with so far, there's still some winter left, but it looks pretty good. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I had a couple more dead outs that I found. Uh, but they were small, you know, they were small going in um, and did well up until very recently. And I believe they still have some honey stores. I guess it was just, you know, uh, who knows? I'll open, open them up and take a better look and try to get an idea. But, you know, it happens. And I was 
totally expecting it. Um, and that's why I did what I did as far as getting as many as I could getting as, as many as I could, because I knew they were going to, I knew I wasn't going to keep them all. And, you know, I always like to bring it up to people too, when they try to, you know, overmanage the bees, uh, and trying to make this perfect bee with treatments and everything else. And, and tell them, you know, you can wake up tomorrow and these bees could be gone. They do it all the time. They just pick up and go. Uh, mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're, if you're, trying to make this one perfect bee colony you're you're in for probably a rude awakening especially if you're on you know the package and and uh the package treadmill from down south so yeah and i was gathering thinking as many colonies as i could and following you know i basically followed your advice with the bee yard as far as keeping the colony small they were all went into winter with five frame deeps and a five frame medium super at least at least I guess I could say maybe 75%. There was, there was several that were single boxes and I have a couple that are doing well as single boxes, uh, but only a couple left. Um, those first, the last two that I just mentioned, they, they were, they went in without supers. Um, and I don't know if that played a part or, or what, but sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay. Uh, the, this winter right now is, is being a little weird to me too. I'm having, you know, last winter we had negative 22 degrees for, it seemed like almost two weeks and I didn't have any deaths at all. And this, this winter was nothing like that. And, and I'm having some deep selection going on here this year. I mean, yeah. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it at all. I know, I already know what's going to happen come swarm season, but uh, I was thinking earlier today about how, how you can never have a sure thing with all, with most of the bees that you got, you, you don't know exactly where they came from. You don't know no. how many, you don't know how many winters they came through, um, and some of them are gonna live and some won't. But even when you came here and got a nuke from from my yard, I was trying to give you like the best chance ever. I gave you an overwintered daughter of my my favorite queen on my yard, and they took off, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. They, they have funded sometime in uh, sometime I think in in October, late October. Yeah, so that happens. But and then yep. the the nuke that we the colony that we pulled that nuke out of, I let them raise a daughter, just regular old open mated daughter, and, and they overwintered fine. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's just strange how how just things can happen, but you just keep keep applying the pressure and and not spending money on bees. And I don't see how you can go wrong and have losses. Well, you know, for me, the swarm trapping just appealed to my nature. I mean, I like to go out in the woods. I love to fish. I love to just hike, uh, take the dogs out. Like this was an excuse to do all those things, but also build a swarm trap, catch a swarm. I mean, it's cool. I had some up at my dad's office building and his tree. So he was out there checking on them and I put some in other people's yards. And, you know, I, I say in my videos all the time that it, you get somebody, just get them a little interested and they become a lot interested real fast. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's with simple stuff like that, like, Oh, uh, you know, my friend, Getting back to swarms, my first swarm that I caught was in my best friend's backyard. And in a, trap? Uh, in a swarm trap, yeah. Yep. Hung it in his backyard and they were there. I left him there a couple weeks and I took him out and he sent me a message a couple days later. He's like, Man, I really, I really miss having those bees in that tree. He said, I didn't do a goddamn thing to them, but I just miss having them out there. I like coming out and checking them out in the morning while I'm having my coffee and my smoke before work. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll get you some bees next year. Put put some bees back yeah. in your yard. So 
I'm going to put another trap back there that I think uh, I think I'm going to give them. You probably saw on my uh, Facebook. I built these custom hives uh, out of some old out of some old lumber I pulled out of some buildings, some big floor joists that are you mm-hmm. know big two by two by eights that are real thick. So I built these big heavy walled um, hives that I'm looking to put somewhere. I mean, I I think I'd like to give that one to my buddy and get bees at his place, but it's loaded ground and he's got some young kids and uh, I don't know if that's okay with him right now, but we'll see, but I definitely want to get one back there and uh, see what these, these big heavy hives can do. Yeah. You'll figure something out, but I got to ask you, do you, do you remember the first trap that you walked up to that had bees in it? Do you get the same feeling that I get when I see that? (laughs) I've had it a hundred times now, but, when I'm going, you know, down a trail looking for my trap and I see the one with a whole bunch of bees going in and out, I just, I just get all weird inside. I love it. Oh, it's, it's an incredible sight to see. The first one, the first one that I, that I saw, I, I got there, I got there probably like as the queen was walking in because it was, you know, that, that volleyball sized ball right on the corner of the box. Yeah. I never had Um, that. Yeah, well, that's they they all kind of rolled up and they were right on the outside of the box. And within a few minutes that they, they were in. So, like I said, I think that I think they they arrived before or, or just uh, just before the queen. And then she showed up and they went in. I mean, they were they were that was about 15 feet up in the tree. And he just asked me to put him up that high, like I said, for his kids. But uh, I couldn't see it exactly. But that's that's what it kind of looked like to me, um, which was, you know, and like I said, it's my best friend's house. Uh, we hung out in that backyard for forever. And he's a he's a, a real big uh, garden guy. So he's got a pond and he's got beautiful trees in his yard and, and garden and all that stuff. So it's just a great surreal, uh, 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 I don't want to say surreal, uh, serene uh, environment. And the whole thing was amazing. So and then every one you walk up to later and, and you look out and you see bees coming in the pollen. It's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's a great feeling because you know, you know, you got nothing to worry about, you know, you got bees and if, you know, you're just trying to get honey, great. You you can, you can get all the honey you want. And if the bees died, that sucks, but you probably can catch some more next year and get the same amount of honey from, you know, so if you're only in it for, for the, the the liquid gold, as they say, you, you can still do that without, you know, without spending the money on the bees. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe now that I think about it, I kind of get the same feeling even on a swarm call. Like as I'm getting out of my van and I see the, them hanging there and they're not 30 feet up in the air. It's just, <laughs> I get excited about that. It's, it's really yeah. exciting. You know, they're free. They could be good bees. They could not be. Regardless, they're going to build some comb. They're going to let me mess with more bees. Um, it's just, I love it. I mean, if you don't get excited about that, something's a matter. And, and I can't imagine swiping a credit card to have a box of bees shipped to my post office. I mean, if you got to do it, you got to do it. But yeah, totally I, I couldn't do experience. it. I did it once. I couldn't do it again. It's a totally different experience. And, and doing the cutouts, like I, if you, you catch more swarms, you got a lot more bees out your way that uh, there's more beekeepers down here. And there's already guys that get most of the calls for, you know, ones that show up on signs and, and in trees in the parks downtown and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, I get those, I get a lot of cutoff calls. Another guy in the area, 
uh, Alan Latanzi, I believe his name is. He was giving me a bunch of calls. He was he was doing four or five cutouts a day. And he was, I think, maybe like an hour west of me. And he was a contractor. And he's like, I, I, I can't, I'm so behind on both my <laughs> all these jobs because he's doing cutouts nonstop. And he's, he's running a full-time business. So it's amazing. Like, and, and he's kind of like us. Like, I don't know what he does as far as treatments. I never talked to him really much, much about that. But we just talked about bees. And he was talking about having to get more boxes because he's got so many bees. And, and uh, you know, it's it. he was excited. And that gets me excited. And talking to you about it gets even more exciting. And talking to other guys in the neighborhood yeah. that I to meet, they get excited. So now wow. we're all kind of working, working this excitement. And it's uh, <laughs> you can hear it in my voice right now. I'm like, well, all right, let's go. Come on. Cutouts get me a little bit less excited, uh, a little bit less, unless they're nice and low. Uh and behind just one thing I got to pop off. I'm, I just admit it. I've admitted it several times. I'm no contractor. I passed those calls yeah. to you and, and to, the yeah. guy, to the guy you were talking about. Um, yep. I'll pass them off. I got enough bees and they want to have fun doing it. That's cool. But I'll take the easy ones. I, I like doing yeah. it. I just don't want to be up on a ladder uh, cutting somebody's house apart that I can't put back together. <laughs> and I don't yeah. I'll tell them that. I tell them flat out. <laughs> say, yeah, I'm well, not- that's, you know. That's better that you do say that because you get into something that you can't handle and, and you, you run into problems. Yeah. Um, so I cut you off earlier at the very beginning about the nice day we're having today. Oh, yeah. I um, think I might have cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so rude. but uh, It's all right. Yeah, we're supposed to have a nice little warm stretch. And they're saying that spring is coming a month early or something here. I don't know. Uh, about that. Well, uh, I thought, didn't I see next week? We got three or four nights on, on, on below freezing. So you got to swing from, you know, 40s and 50s to below freezing, I think. Uh, at least we're, uh, last time I looked. So we're, we're definitely not out of it yet. And we've had blizzards in, in the middle of March. So I, I'm not, uh, I'm not conceding uh, winter yet. I know it's still here. Right. Yeah. But, Days, you know, like you were saying earlier, last uh, last winter you had this, those two week stretches of twenty degrees, and you know it kind of makes sense that there. Uh, someone brought it up. Uh, I think someone brought it up. Might have was might have been Jeff Eichel at the symposium last weekend uh, about that. You know, being not as efficient because they're using more stores and they're they're using more energy and they're doing all that stuff instead of being just hunkered down in the cluster and and kind of uh, you know stagnant um it it provides them more efficiency than these these swing days you know where they're out for a couple of days and they have to be back in for three four and then they're out and i and that kind of makes a, a bit of sense to me um that that would play a role you know in in, in some of the selection that you're saying yeah but so that yep. that symposium you're at, um, how did that go? I, I went to a symposium there a few years ago, and it was called the Natural Beekeeping Symposium. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be nothing, nothing that I expected. Uh, I got to, I got to uh, witness Samuel Ramsey in person for the first time, which I can mm-hmm. talk about later. But how was the one that you were just at? 
it was, you know, it was okay. It, it wasn't what uh, I would have rather been in LA with you a couple of weeks ago. That's for damn oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, you know, it was nice. It was nice to meet a couple of people that I've chatted with from the Philly, from the Philly guild online. And I know, uh, Sarah Plonsky and she does, you know, um, she does like Hornet, Hornet relocations and Wasp relocations and stuff like that too. So she's into more than just the honeybees. And I, she actually, I bought a bunch of equipment off of her cause I think she was downsizing her honeybee operation or whatever she was trying to do. Um, and you know, it was, it was, it was okay. There, there wasn't anything outstanding as far as uh, level of interest for, for, for beekeeping into, um, into, into, you know, selection and management for selection and queen rearing and all that kind of stuff, which I, I wasn't really expecting to find there. Um, the one speaker was pretty interesting. I forget his name. He was an inspector a few years ago and you actually might've, might've uh, interacted with him. Cause I think he was out your way. I only know one inspector. And let's just move right along from there. Yeah, well, uh, he was doing it. He was doing. Um, what was his 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 talk was about uh, honeybee native bees selection for flowers with for color. Hmm. But it had like a little bit of interesting things to it. But you know, it really was. It was okay. You know, it didn't, didn't thrill me. Nothing, nothing there really thrilled me. The Detroit Hives guys were there. Um, the guy that was there is not a beekeeper. He's just their, he's just their guy who, who runs the nonprofit, basically. Um, so it was interesting, I guess, a little bit to see what, how they're doing that and the program that they have for the kids, which was cool. You know, that's, that's great. Get the kids into beekeeping and, and, converting these uh, vacant lots in Detroit because there's something like 90,000 vacant lots in Detroit and they're converting these, they're buying these lots and converting them into these gardens and, uh, and beekeeping uh, havens, I guess you could call it. Hmm. So that was, that was really the bulk of it. Uh, one other guy was, was kind of cool, but once again, not, not really anything outstanding. He was lived in Philly Kept bees in Philly until he was in his mid fifties. Moved to Vermont. Keeps bees in Vermont. Does uh, maple syrup, you know. So he just was kind of comparing the differences between beekeeping here and beekeeping there, and very, very um, senior citizen friendly <laughs> uh, talk and manner. So, you know, it was it. It seemed to me like one of those tourist things, kind of, you know. There were some people there that were interested in beekeeping and uh, you don't really get much of the information that you really need from, from a, from a seminar like that. Uh, I didn't personally think so. I, I don't know. think but one again, because it, you know, unless it, I knew the speakers that were going to be there and I wanted to see one of them, but as far as, as far as it goes, it was, you know, it's the same reason why I don't go to the guild meetings because you're not going to teach me anything in that guild meeting that I can't already learn myself in one night in front of YouTube. 
There is so yeah, much. That is. I'm one of the millions of people that are putting videos about beekeeping out there. You know, we're one of the we're one of the thousands that are talking on a podcast about beekeeping. So it's you know, there's there the information is so available. You just yeah. got to go and get it. And the people that are having the most struggles and the most heartbreak are the ones that don't do enough of any of that in order to even formulate their own opinion about what they want to do with their bees. Yeah. There's so much out there. It's so much to sift through. Uh, There's a lot of people that they start a channel very soon after they have bees or, and it's okay to do that. That doesn't, that's not a bad thing. It's just, I don't like to see uh, someone having a, a channel, you know, they got a bleach white suit, perfect bleach white hives everything's perfect and they're they're demonstrating how to do a split or something they they just have they have brand new bees they shouldn't do that kind of stuff they should just document themselves learning you know not give too many too much too much direction there's a lot of that though i don't even i wouldn't do it (laughs) um so yeah there's a lot to sift through Uh, i think some of it some part of it is is them talking themselves through it because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, they mem- they memorize the steps, they wrote it down, they memorize the steps, and they have to say it out loud so that they don't forget and they don't do something wrong. It's like, you know, just relax. <laughs> Pick the frame up, take a look, look for the little things that you want to look for and, re- and relax. I, and I know some, I've heard somebody, uh, you know, say, he said to me in a comment, like, oh, it's, must be nice for somebody who sells bees to tell somebody to just have fun with the bees and don't worry about them dying. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like, I'm like, I barely sell bees. Like, I sold like three people bees, and I know all of them. Yeah, I so remember that. You know, speaking of that, you, I always bust your butt on Facebook sometimes about how you just chum them water sometimes for people. Uh, as a joke, I say that. Because you have a right to say whatever you want to say, just like anyone else does. But for some reason, when you say something, everybody just pounces on you. And then, then I'll come in there and be like, come on now. What are you doing? In I really I really think it's the language. Like, I try to type like I talk. I feel like I can speak pretty clearly and, and communicate reasonably efficiently with most people. And sometimes if you just, you know, if you're not talking like an, if you're not talking like an idiot, you don't get paid attention to in, in a positive way. Um, and it's also, it's text and it's Facebook and, and, you know, I don't take it personally. Uh, I try to re- respond respectfully until somebody's being a dick and then, you know, sorry, but, uh, you know, I'm just trying to talk to you and give my perspective no, on the limited fine. amount of information. This, this, that isn't I have. A, this isn't a censored show, but no, uh, well, no, I know what you mean. No, for, for those people, I, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to help everybody else learn. And maybe I'm saying something wrong and someone can incorrect me. And, and I'd be more than happy with that. Um, I've done, I, and I do as much research as anybody else. I spent a lot of, a lot of time with my bees last year. Uh, you know, um, I, I learned so much in that one season after, you know, the volumes of information you, you watch online, you, re- you retain so much until they're sitting in your face and you feel the weight of a frame. People don't realize that that thing weighs several pounds. You know, you, you think about, oh, they're so, you know, they're so light and, and they fly and 
<laughs> beeswax is so nice for candles, but when you go to pick the, that whole thing up, it, it's it can be a jolt for some oh, people. Yeah. I don't realize, you know, how big, how heavy a medium boxes of honey gets, you know. So it, it really, you know, for for the new beekeeper, if they're they're listening to this and and getting anything from it, I, I can't stress the the research end of it, but also the time. You've really got to spend the time, and most of the time was just sitting there staring at the entrance. I do you know, that paying for attention to hours. what's going on. Yeah, paying attention to what's going on. You know, looking at the frames, watch the behaviors of the bees, you know, watch the queen walk, watch how they respond to her, you know, watch her walking. You know, maybe sometimes you, you, you don't realize it. You just get a quick glance. You let her be. But sometimes she's got a busted leg. So she's not. I had one that had a busted leg and it turned out she started laying weird and uh, and they they pulled her out. Eventually they pulled her out. I went in there a week and a half later. And there was no queen. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, those little things that, you know, you, you got to pay attention to and take a look at and, and, you know, take a look at those mites. You, you can, if you got a hive with mites, you, you, you're going to see them and anticipate, hey, these ones might not make it, but if they do, I, I'm going to be real happy. Yeah, I think uh, maybe it's just me, but I, I see a lot of people in my, uh, they look at it the opposite way that I do. If the numbers of mites in the colony can vary from on one yard drastically from one to the next. And not just because of what the bees are doing. It could be for, for any, for several reasons, but, but rather than try to euthanize or requeen one that's high and that has a high number, uh, I don't even, I don't even like having this conversation, but to to have, to have a high number, to kill them and not give them a shot to see what they can take. I, I would appreciate yeah. those bees more in the spring than, than one that's just always at zero because you don't, I don't know if any of mine are ever at zero. I don't care, but, but the arbitrary counting and grading, it, it's not working for anybody that I know. They're still treating. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, you don't see much difference between treated bees and not treated bees as far as so-called losses go. And well, I wouldn't again, say that they're going to, uh, uh, well, I don't think it's that much re- really statistically by the numbers. It doesn't seem like it's all that much different. Well, do you, the I thing mean, is, you know, honestly, Bruce, I, 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 I have trouble even talking about this sometimes because it's I okay. I don't pay attention to the fucking numbers. <laughs> you know, I'm not listening to, I'm not paying attention to all these losses and percentages. I, honestly, I don't give right. a shit. I really don't care. Yeah. I know my bees are going to live. I know some are going to die. I know all of them could die. This, this, I, this is the risk that I'm taking with, with, I, you know, I, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I think the whole comparison from breaks down at the very beginning because you're taking one group, that has no help and then you have another group that has every help every single step of the way and you're and you're calling that group survivors the ones that are still alive in the spring i've already said this before but you cannot you can't call coddled anything that's coddled forever a survivor so it it breaks down immediately yeah not only that the other group the group that i would be a part of depends on bees dying to weed out the weak you, exactly you, yep. you can't depend on something and then be penalized for it 
I'm, yep. I'm purposely wanting the strongest bees on my side to use for the next year. There's yeah. no comparison between the two groups. So the whole, the whole percent, that's the reason why I say, I don't know about those percentages. They may have more alive bees, but they have zero survivor bees. They have no right. idea. Take March Madness, for example. I was thinking of this this analogy. Well, I don't know what I was doing, but I thought of this. If I told you to pick a winner out of 64 teams, uh, you know, at the beginning of March Madness, how are you going to know which one? I would tell you to pick pick the four best teams. What, what would you pick? And what what is your – how confident are you that you would have picked the final four? But if I tell you in week four or whatever, when there's eight teams left, pick the four best. Your your chance your, you know your, your choices are so narrowed down. You now know which ones are the best. To yeah, re- your odds get better. Open. The concern with with the treating beekeepers is now they lost their investment, their honey. But that's the whole other side that myself and this podcast is not concerned with. We don't care about convert commercial yeah. practices. Do that on do that over there. I don't care about that. I yeah. don't care about people doing maximum honey production. That's for all the other shows or for all the other, any type of platform. That's not what this is about. Yep. Uh, I'll concede that to them. I don't, I'm not a, a major honey producer. Do I still have honey? Yes, I do. Uh, and I, Yeah. You don't have to be a producer of honey to get honey. That's inevitable. Yeah. I, I love messing with these bees. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I say that all the time that no one is going to suck that joy out of me by, by talking about <laughs> calling my dead, you know, my dead colonies losses. They're not they're, Yeah. They're contributing to my selection of, of better bees. And yeah, absolutely. And also I was thinking, what if, what if you wanted to buy a queen? You're like, hmm, I want to get a good queen. Are you going to go to a yard where a guy has 98% survival every year that he, that he, he or she props up every year? What is he or she even picking from? You're just picking a random propped up <laughs> genetics of some bee. But your other choice is some might bomber like me or you who actually let selection happen over a few seasons or several seasons and really just let them get beat down till, till they have just this what, whatever they want to think is a small number. Uh-huh. They have this crystallized group of bees that that have taken everything and and actually survived they're real survivor bees i mean yeah why is that a hard choice yeah you know it's hard too because uh i think a lot of people aren't they're not able to keep 30 30 hives they're not able to keep and and do that kind of thing And, and they get scared and they figure they just need to treat instead of just embracing the whole aspect of beekeeping and, and that includes the losses. That's when, you know, I encourage people to get, to get into swarm trapping. It's fun. It it gives you something to do. It gives you, you know, you're painting boxes, you're making traps, you know, you're, you're putting them out wherever you're putting them. And, and like I said, those interactions just make, make the whole experience better because now you've got a whole new group. I'm like, oh, I wonder what these ones are going to do, you know, because you never know. You never know what you're going to get from from uh, from these bees, you know, and and it, it's incredible to see like that. 
you know, the, the video I posted yesterday uh, that you had commented on where the bees were really active. And I thought it was getting robbed out. And then I sat there and I looked and I was staring and I'm like, wow, that is all orientation flights going on there. And there was a lot of bees coming in and out of that, coming in and out of that colony. And I was damn surprised she's going already. And uh, I think that one's going to just, just be, you know, we'll see, but as of right now, it's got me really excited and I'm looking forward to see what she's got in her. Uh, yeah, and once were... again, all that was a swarm I, that I checked it out. That was a swarm I caught in my hometown and a set of old woods. Um, I know that there's beekeepers in the area, so it could have been it could have been somebody's queen. I really don't know. Um, I did catch a swarm that <laughs> swarm that showed up at my buddy's house. That was a marked queen, but she was an overwintered queen. She came through. She was a 2018. She was, I think she had a red dot, right? That was mm -hmm. 2018. So she yep. was an overwintered queen, which now I picked up and I've remarked as, you know, my, for my, uh, for my records, but I, I'm hoping she comes through again. I'd be twice overwintered. And I don't know if she was treated the first year, but she sure as hell wasn't treated the, sec the second year. Yeah. Uh, your so first year, your first season of trapping, you, you I'm not sure how many you caught in traps, but you also went on calls. We won't yep. even count the cutouts because I don't suggest anybody starting out get into cutouts. It's a bad idea. I mean, you could do yeah, it. Well, for me, but... I'm in construction, so yeah, I have all the tools. I have the knowledge to do that stuff and, and take it apart and put it back together. And, and right. uh, you know, I, you're right. That's not so, something for anybody to just get into. That's that's a different thing. Swarm cats, swarm calls are different. Pulling them out of a branch, that's that's a different story uh, than getting into the cutouts. But, yeah, but I have to say that for me, those cutouts that financed every bit of money that I had to spend on my bees last year. So for right. me, that worked out fantastically. But um, if you can get dozens of bees for free. If you oh, can absolutely. get that in your first season, and you weren't even starting with any comb, you were starting with just bits and pieces of, of comb every, and wax. Every colony I brought, every colony I brought home had nothing to start with. They all yes. built from scratch. So somebody keeping two hives in their yard can catch two swarms every year, even if they die every year. Oh, they're I'm not sure hurt, they're not hurting anything. I'm sure they, they could. They're, they're not hurting anything by let by just keeping the bees uh getting them prepared for winter and seeing what they got you know yep. and then it's they can keep two i mean yeah you're you're not gonna be pollinating almonds by catching swarms <laughs> every year maybe yeah. you are who knows i don't know i don't want to put a limit on anybody but yeah but yeah i, I had uh, i i pulled six six swarms and traps out in different out in different locations now like i said and like uh, like you know i'm in philly i'm in northeast philly uh in the tacony section about a mile north of the bridge and there's there's quite a bit of green space up this way you got pennypack park and new jersey's less than a half a mile away um plenty of green space over there so the bees seem to have uh Plenty of places to go and, and survive. A lot of maples in this area, too. Uh, I do have a lot of bullshit ornamental trees that they planted up this way in, in some of these houses. But um, there's a lot of gardens, a lot of gardens up my way as well. Um, and most of those those swarms uh, that I caught natural, if you want to call it that, just in traps, um, 
I don't think I've lost a single one yet, as far as I can tell, but I'd have to go through and, and really look at, I haven't, I haven't gone through and really examined my list yet uh, of what's, what's alive or dead and, and where it came from and all that stuff. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's funny that we were talking about cutouts and I did this cutout in a barn. I think it actually came from you, uh, in Doylestown. Oh yeah. Up three, three sets of scaffolding, you know, I'm 25 feet in the air and I get everything up on top of the scaffolding and just getting ready to make my first cut. And they swarmed. Yeah. They I just started that. pouring out, man. And that was, that was the first swarm that I ever saw in person. And that is, and that to me, like, man, that is, that is incredible to see. It's so exhilarating. And I'm getting the, the goosebumps thinking about it right now. Fortunately, at that time I had a swarm trap with me and I was able to catch that swarm and take the rest of the colony, which had a bunch of queen cells. So, you know, doing some of those cutouts, it, you know, for me, it was really advantageous because, you know, I ended up with, I think, four splits from that, all told, when I pulled queen cells and, and ones that made it, ones that did it. So there was, I ended up with, I ended up with six, I think six colonies from that one cutout. Wow. And that's like, you know, and that's, I had no, I really no idea what I was doing, but I watched so much, I watched so much information about doing splits and just kept it simple. Put a queen cell and a two frame, you know, I made those two frame, uh, queen nukes up there's mini nukes and that was really successful for me as far as getting some of these colonies built strong and into five frames and they all went into winter with uh you know with a super honey so that you know that was something i actually wanted to talk to you about um and i'm glad that i kind of went off track there a little bit but what is your what is your feelings about you see all these people getting a three pound package and they <laughs> they drop it in a 10 frame and like three weeks later the bees are gone <laughs> yeah it's like oh boy I, nobody tells them about like space well that's what i did difference yeah i i did that my very first package that i ordered that i ended up catching a swarm the next day i think it was I'm trying to remember back. Yeah, I dumped them into a 10 frame box with a bunch of plastic yellow foundation. <laughs> they actually stuck around. They were dead a couple months later, but um, I don't know that that's the worst thing to do. You can put them in it. Something smaller is probably definitely better. Three pounds of bees. People think three pounds of bees a lot, but I'm sure when you went on swarm calls and you once you have a package in your hand, then you see what a real swarm like a prime <laughs> swarm is yeah yep. that could be four packages hanging there at one spot with oh, yeah. two or three queens and well not the prime swarm but later yep. on oh my god i had some swarms that were um i don't even want to say how heavy they were they were so huge but <laughs> yeah but i think three little pounds of bees that's i would if i was putting something that small i'd put in a nuke i mean yeah absolutely at least have a divider yeah you know something yep I think I only I only had I had two that I had to bring home in in multiple in multiple boxes, but that was because I cut and, and banded frames, uh, banded comb and frames. Um, 
and I was trying to sever. I tried to keep the bees in one and had and had uh, for, you know, comb in the other one. But uh, I always I always kind of laugh at that and just try to you know rationalize. I always thought that space was giving them too much is too much. Let them a three pound package. By the time they build that thing out to five frames, it's it's probably a pound and a half. So you're putting it in a 10 frame. The, half those bees are going to be dead before that thing's even yeah. close to built out. And then yeah, you're just putting that much pressure on the rest of them. And, you know, to me, it just didn't make any sense to put that little amount of bees. You know, and this, once again, goes back to people and, and thinking about and doing the research and, and kind of putting things together a little bit better before they jump into bees. Uh, although, you know, I, I, I say that and I still I jumped in. I mean, I jumped in. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> full, wear that full force, you know. And this is only my my. I went through this is my first winter. I'm coming through, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on the podcast because I know you're you're a serious beekeeper, and I know you know very serious beekeepers. And uh, mm. by, by by serious, I mean uh, the the type of beekeepers that we're trying to be. Let's put it that way. You know, good good smart management and, and and just enjoying the experience kind of beekeepers oh well, uh, I, I enjoy it that's definitely that's a fact. yeah uh you know opinions vary on everything else and everybody has a right to that but but i mean i'm just i'm just glad you, you know you got going what you got going on and this this season's gonna be even crazier than last i think yeah now, not so. only are you gonna have all those calls coming in but you're already starting with a pile of bees, so you you haven't had any bees swarm in front of you on your yard yet, have you? No, I haven't had any swarming going on here. But you know, I'm getting prepared. I built a bunch of new boxes, and I'm going to get them set up up on the roof, just empty, sitting there, um, and see what happens if I, you know, if by chance I get one that that throws a swarm. Hopefully, they they find one of those. Because I mean, I work a full time job. I'm not working. Well, you know, I'm not watching them all day long and where I'm at, it's not like, you know, I'm on, uh, for those that don't know, I'm on, I'm in a warehouse. My bees are on the roof. So it's not like if, if they take off, they might go on the high tension wires to the train tracks right, ne- yeah. right next to me. You know, it's not like I'm picking swarms off of that. You might um, try to do like I did uh, past couple of seasons was erect like some structures that are kind of, tree and post like and just yep have them all around near the hives because they'll, they'll hang there for a couple hours you might get lucky coming home yeah. from work and boom there's one hanging there i, I was thinking that. i was thinking something very similar to that bruce i was thinking i've seen those guys that do with the, the buckets on the pvc they weighed a bucket with concrete and they put a piece of pvc on the inside and another piece that it's basically telescopic one goes inside the other so you can adjust the height uh-huh. And they use a, a a bucket as the trap. They'll line it. They'll line the lid with a couple lines of be, of beeswax and drill a couple holes. And for that purpose, you know, first they you, they throw a random swarm. Hopefully, you crap you grab it in one of those and get it into something else before. Uh, well, yeah, those are those are the swarm traps. But but I yeah. mean, just something for them to just hang on. Um, yeah. Well, I worry because I'm not. My time is is inconsistent. You know, with getting home from work, I work in construction. Some days I'm home at two thirty. Some days I'm home at seven thirty. So uh, I'm just trying to trying to to, I guess, 
and maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm worried too much about it, but I was just trying to avoid, right, yeah. avoid losing any of them. I'm hoping that putting a bunch of boxes, just random boxes throughout, um, you know, I was going to hang some on the walls out back. You got to come down and check my place out one of these yeah, days. You know what? You've been here two, two times, I think. And, and I just, man, I just don't like traveling in Philly, man. I just, I stress I out going you. there. I do not blame for you. me. That's a, that's a rough city to, to navigate in for me. Yeah. Oh, man. But I got to get down there. I know. it. Fortunately, my place is, is very inconspicuously conspicuous. It's real easy to get to from the major roads. So um, there's not a whole lot of like, you know, it's highway traffic is not the same as downtown traffic or, or South Philly traffic. But, um, yeah, man, it would be great to have you come down and check the place out. Bring yeah, that little down. terror of a dog down with you, and uh, oh, God, no. <laughs> my, I'll have my boys uh, get him in line a little bit. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to collab on a YouTube video or something. That'd be great. Yeah, I would like to do a couple of them. Uh, I'd love to come out there and shoot one, and have you come here and shoot one, and vice versa. All right, cool. So yeah, we've been talking for about almost fifty minutes. We'll start to wrap it up. You want to cool. let anybody know where they can get a hold of you? I know you're at Liberty Bell Beekeepers. Is that right? Yes, sir. Liberty Bell Beekeepers on any of the social media platforms as well as YouTube. Uh, I try to put as many videos as I can of almost everything that I'm doing. Um, I really think that it's it's the best part about this and why I kind of got into it is because it appeals to me in so many ways, not only the science and, and the insects and the outdoors and and the whole life cycle and, and you know, the, the the hardships and the successes. All this stuff is great. But, you know, I love to build this stuff, too. I mean, that to me is is so much fun. And, you know, guys like Sam Comfort, who are putting the videos out of these these dumb little things that you can keep bees in that you don't have to be crazy and stressed out about. And I really enjoyed, I really enjoy that, that part of it. And I try to do, you know, what I do as far as building my, my basic boxes, but doing these other custom hives and, and just trying to, uh, you know, show how much fun that I'm really having doing it. And it's not hard to do. You can do it your own way, any way you want to do it and and still have fun and go out and you know catch your swarms and and not worry about bees dying and get your honey and and just enjoy it enjoy it because it's it really is a joy to get out there and do it so you know the the youtube videos are probably my my biggest outlet you can hear me blabber on about whatever it is that i'm doing like we did tonight uh and uh Listen to my dog's bark because there's plenty of that too. And the trains, yeah. A lot of trains. All right. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. And as everybody knows, you can find me at I Love Bees.buzz or my Bomb Beekeeping Podcast on Facebook. All right, Craig, it was good talking to you. And I'll Great talk talking to you, to you too, Bruce. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye bye.